Hello, hello. You are listening to the Salon Owner School podcast. I'm Sam Huber, the CEO here at PIP University. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. To learn more about PIP University and our course for salon owners, Rich Life CEO, you can visit us at pip-university.com. But for now, let's dive into today's episode. Enjoy. Okay, let's go ahead and dive in. So today's um, discussion topic, whatever it is that you want to call it, is pay structure in the salon. So this can mean so many different things. Obviously, there's so many salons out there that compensate in different ways, whether you are a commission-based salon or a hourly salon. Those are really the two that we're going to focus on today. And then there's also that element of trying to compensate new people that come into the salon that want to be able to make better money and how we get to make that work for them and what that looks like. And then also throwing in your veterans as well and how to be able to compensate them, even if there's other creative ways to be able to compensate as well with creative compensation. So um, Mallory, I'm not entirely sure. What does your pay structure look like in your salon? Are you guys commission or hourly? We are commission. Perfect. Okay. So I'm going to pick on you first. Um, cause I would love to hear from you last, last week on clubhouse. Mallory is one of our newest professors at PIP university for our course, rich life CEO. So she's been a student with us for the past like three years, I think. And she has recently joined our team. So I would love to kick it off with you and like, just some ways that we can start maybe with just talking about new people in the salon. So like when you bring somebody new on for you, I would assume that you start them more on an hourly compensation before they get to the point that they can make commission. But you go ahead and tell me what it looks like for somebody that's new coming into your salon. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. What we typically do, because our salon has really carefully outlined our service systems and how we operate, is typically when we bring a new stylist on, um, we have them go through at least a two-week training period with um, our general manager, just so they can kind of get the lay of the land, see how we do things, because our system so important. So they are compensated at an hourly wage. Past that, depending on how their books are looking, we will switch them over to um, their commission rate. Um, so it just kind of varies. We always try to kind of use the rule of thumb hourly or commission, whichever is higher. And typically um, for us, commission always pretty much uh, rules. So we always switch them over to commission. Okay. And then what is it that you guys start out? Like when somebody starts with you, you guys obviously have your career path aligned. Um, so what does it look like as a percentage for somebody new starting out that they get with commission? So we have started um, out at 42% for our level two stylists. Now I'm speaking of my stylists that already have a little bit of experience are not going through a full apprenticeship program. We've started our two most recent um, new hires in that regard out at a 42% commission at our level two. But just to be clear with our apprenticeship program, anybody that goes through our apprenticeship program is compensated hourly. And then as they transition out of their training and start seeing clients and behind the chair, um, kind of on their own, uh, we do keep that level one at an hourly wage because 
anytime you're coming right out of training, right out of beauty school, you're always going to have a little bit longer to build and kind of gain your, you know, momentum with your clients and your timing and, you know, getting play of the land as a professional behind the chair. So we do keep them at an hourly rate. Um, however, we do start at 42% commission for our um, more experienced stylists. Perfect. And then do you have people on your team that you um, have that are veterans that have come to you and said like, hey, I want to be able to comp be compensated more than what, you know, is available right now, you know, to me, what happens and what does that look like? So we haven't had that in quite some time. And honestly, we've been very fortunate. We've had um, the only new hire that we've had was someone that my general manager and I worked with previously. So we were able to position her with a full clientele at a higher level. So it also kind of depends on how they're entering into the salon. Are they relocating from another city or state where maybe they're rebuilding? Um, or are they coming in with more of a client transition to the salon for more consistency? Yeah. Okay. So I love that. Generation two. Awesome. Who else wants to pipe? Thank you, Mallory. I, I love that insight that you were able to give. Of course. Erin, what about you guys? I mean, you have three locations. So, you know, what does that look like for you and some conversations that maybe you've had with your team, whether they're veterans or newbies, and being able to compensate them in a way that they have maybe some consistency in their life with their paychecks and you know, just having some sort of outline for them of what it looks like for them to be able to make better money? Um, so we, we compensate hourly. And um, just so everybody has some context, I have uh, paid, <laughs> I've done all the models of compensation. I went from booth rent to commission and then to hourly. Um, we transitioned to hourly through COVID. Um, and it was sort of a no brainer for us because we, it, things were so uncertain at that time um, that I wanted to ensure that my team was being compensated because I just didn't know if we were going to have, you know, 102% utilization or 2% utilization. And it turned out that we had 102% utilization, but I didn't know that going in. So, um, so that's why we kind of made the shift. And um, as far as, you know, like we, we have very transparent conversations with new hires about compensation because our model is a little bit outside of the industry norm, although it is becoming a lot more common, um, which I'm grateful for because that means that, you know, this won't be such a, an uphill conversation, um, you know, in the next five years probably. But, um, you know, we, we show them, you know, hourly may not be that attractive to some, some people coming in, especially when they've been taught in, in hair school about booth rent and commission and all these other things. Um, but when you really start to explain it to them in a way that they can understand and really, you know, explaining it to them that commission is hourly and hourly is commissioned this way just, you know, provides a little bit more stability in your paycheck. But it also, you know, at the same time kind of cuts back on the the ability for you to have a really, really good week, you know, like you, you could still have a higher paycheck depending on how many guests you're seeing and what your gratuity looks like. But um, so we're just really transparent with them walking in because, you know, we have to educate them that you can't do commission or booth rent math when you're hourly because it just doesn't work out that way. Um, and then as far as like creative compensation, I have, um, I have an educator on my team who I didn't 
start compensating higher hourly at first to do education. Uh, what was important to him was time off. So um, we started giving him Saturdays off in exchange for him teaching on Tuesdays because we're closed on Tuesdays. So that's sort of a way that, you know, we were able to add some value to his compensation without it actually coming out of the, you know, the, the payroll cap. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's how we do it. Off and it, it worked for, for you guys. Yeah. For us, we also compensate hourly. Um, and honestly, what I've found even with our new, our new people now, I will say that there's always still that point that most times you get to coach them in the way of educating them of what it looks like as they're growing, because for us, like in the, in the beginning stages, when they start building a clientele, their hourly rate can go up pretty rapidly as long as they're growing and it's staying consistent and all that has to do with the career path. But, you know, there's always that time frame where somebody comes in as like a co-salus, a partner, an assistant, whatever it is you want to call them. And then they start transitioning to working behind the chair and they get like a few clients and they're like, yeah, I definitely deserve something more here, you know? And that's why having that like very clear career path has really supported us and what that looks like. And I will say that personally, everybody that we've hired out of school as of recent has really appreciated the hourly pricing structure or pay structure, excuse me, because they feel like they don't have to, not that they don't hustle, but you know, for us, it's like, and for speaking for somebody that works commission for a long time, you know, and I've heard other people say in this industry that like, well, if I just want a really good paycheck, I just get more people in and I work harder during that time frame. And it's like, well, that's not, you know, really effective. And, and to me, it just, it feels like you're just kind of being slimy to your guests, right? It's like, okay, well, I better just get more people in or add on more services come on have a better paycheck this time instead of really looking out for like what's, you know, in the benefit or what's in the most, um, looking out for that guest, you know, and what their needs are during that time. So um, for us, it's like even the new people just feel a little bit more sense of security, having that hourly compensation um, and even for the veterans as well. So for creative compensation for us, I kind of want to speak on our leadership team. So um, for a while now, starting this year, we were able to raise um our leadership's hourly rate to be able to compensate them for what it is that they were um, doing. But prior to that, there were other things that we would do um, to compensate them for their time that they were putting into um, leadership. So a couple of those things was I let them each take a product home um, for free each month. You know, they got to pick a product, take that home with them. If they ever got their hair done or were doing somebody else's hair in the salon, they didn't have to clock out um, where the rest of my team would have to do that. And then they also didn't pay for their hair services. So if they got color done, if they got their extensions put in, whatever that is, um, they didn't have to pay for color bowls and things like that, you know, just providing them something in the meantime till you could figure out what that compensation would look like that would be a little bit more, um, you know, stable for them in the future. So, yeah, I really like that. And I, I just kind of want to touch on what you were talking about with, um, uh, I, I'm going to figure out if I can articulate this, but you said something about, um, you know, if you want to have a really good week, you just, just get more guests in and hustle a little bit harder and, you know, this comes back to me to the like commission versus hourly and how they're kind mm -hmm. of the same thing. Because if, I mean, like you can only see, like, if I mean, I guess you could, you could add a whole lot 
of new guests onto your book and have a really great week and have that be affecting your annual income. But really, like when you look at commission and you look at like a quote unquote good week versus a quote unquote bad week, it's really just about the workflow, right? Like some some guests are landing heavier on, you know, the week before Thanksgiving versus, you know, a, a slow week in July. But at the end of the day, at the end of, well, not at the end of the day, but at the end of the year, all that stuff kind of balances out, right? Like, so you're having a really great week in November, but you're having a, a week where you're basically starving in July, you know? So that's yeah. how, like, to me, it's, it's a way to explain how that stability inside of an hourly structure works. Not that one is better than the other. It's not. It's no. that, like, the, it all kind of, like, when you're looking at commission versus hourly, it all sort of balances out in the end. Yeah. And, and just what it is, I guess, that you're looking for within, you know, the culture of your salon for us, it's provided us a very strong team um, environment to where they all work together because the bottom line is, is that the more revenue we have coming in, the more consistent we can give people's pay and be able to give promotions, you know, and it's you, there's that sense of you're not just working for yourself. You're working for every single person on their team, on your team and their families. And there's just, to me, there's something to really be said about that. You know, I feel like it's a lot more empowering for people when you know that you're not just contributing to yourself and your family, you're contributing to everybody on your team. Absolutely. Who else? There you go. <laughs> I will say, because <laughs> we're hourly and my profit margin would have been a shit ton higher last year if I'd have been commissioned. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, like I look at Mallory and Amanda and of course I am the culture aspect of what hourly did for our company alone was worth it. But when people are listening to this clubhouse, and I would love to take a second afterwards, if people are on here, if you have questions about your pay or you have about your compensation structure, or you've got a thought that you want to share that we're not covering, please raise your hand and come up here and talk with us because I want this to be super valuable. But when I look at we're saying, you know, there's pros and cons to hourly and commission, but the majority of us on here are hourly. All of us have been commissioned. Mallory and Amanda, right now, Amanda's not on here. She's on calls with students, but they're both commissioned. When I look at commission, it's like the good thing about it is depending on what commission you're paying out and what that average is per pay period, you can be really solid because you know you're not going to pay out more than what you have agreed to yourself for the average of the commission for your total payroll. I hope that makes sense. When you're hourly, that is not the case. I mean, there is a big, big, big risk, big risk that owners take with going hourly. Mm -hmm. That's why when, you know, Mallory, I remember, I don't, I don't know if this was, it was you, but I don't know if this is the exact context of the situation where you were looking at bringing somebody on it was a veteran this was like two years ago maybe and she was questioning hourly pay but your commission right now so i'm not for sure if that's if that's the case but we have a lot of students that come on and they are hourly pay and when they are trying to hire that comes up in the interview process and people are you know scared of it they don't they don't want to go to hourly pay 
And for me, I'm like, are you kidding? When people interview with us, we say, this is a salon where you are fortunate enough that our pay compensation is hourly. So yes, your paychecks are going to be consistent and that's very helpful, but they're consistent from the very beginning. And it really is just like corporate America and the amount of value and contribution you give to this company, you, it will be equal contribution that you receive on your paychecks. And that will be consistent whether you have a bad week or not. And that is a huge, huge risk that an owner takes because when the, when a book falls apart, I still pay my people hourly. If their book isn't growing, if their column isn't growing the way that a one percenters column is growing, they're still going to get paid. Mm -hmm. So the main thing about moving towards an hourly pay is your leadership has to be sniper like if your leadership is there and the cultivation of who they are behind that chair or in that service room, if that's on point, it's going to be a really good idea for you. The one thing that is, and, if, and if, if it's not, if your leadership just isn't quite there yet, or if you're behind the chair a lot, you're still working on your own leadership, which we all are. Um, there are some songs where I'm like, hourly is just not a, a good move right now because it's fixed. And that gets really, really scary sometimes. The the good thing about it is, for example, I've mentioned this on I don't know how many clubhouses. My guest happiness team has just been amazing. And they have added a lot of revenue to the book in October, November, and December. They added over $27,000 in wow. new revenue. And it it was all from people that had never experienced the salon before. And it wasn't just new guests that were already going to, you know, call in. It was that much more revenue. They went out and found these people themselves. The reason why I am so thankful that we are on hourly structure right now is because that went so well. I mean, it was a, it was beyond my wildest imagination to be completely honest. Now I'm going to be able to create a bonus structure for my guest happiness team where they're going to have the ability to make bank. I mean, they're really go, I, I plan on really, really rewarding them and it being a monthly bonus that they get. And I'm able to do that because that $27,000 didn't go to commission to the rest of the team. Mm -hmm. That was just above and beyond. And now I get to use, let's say $27,000 and give 15% of it, or I don't know, I just pulled that percentage out of my ass, but I get to give <laughs> that to the guest happiness team. And if I was on commission, it would just make it a little bit harder. So that's a huge thing that I love that a percentage of the service revenue doesn't just go right back out the door. However, paying hourly can be freaking scary, really scary. It was very scary for me a lot of times last year, especially when you're giving raises to people and you've got faith in them. And even if you've got faith in your leadership, but their book falls apart and it, and then maybe they have problems at home and just, you know, stuff is going on in their life and they tank. You're in the hole with that person. And that gets a little bit scary. So there's definitely pros and cons to both, but I'm going to stop right there. Does anybody have any questions specifically about payroll that's on Clubhouse right now that you would like to contribute to the conversation? Maybe it's not a question. Maybe it's just like, hey, this is what we do or this is what I think or whatever. Does anybody want to come up and chat with us? Don't be shy. <laughs> if not, um, any, Nick, any of the up. other professors have anything? Nick's coming oh. up. There he is. Hi, oh, Nick. Perfect. Hello. How are you? Hi, Nick. 
Good. How are you? Good. I love I love hearing all y'all's voices again. Yeah, it's good to hear your voice. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved everything that you were saying, Heather, because that's I've always like thought like, how the hell do y'all do hourly? Like that's just so freaking scary. But the like you were saying, the amount of backup you would have to have as far as your leadership team. And right now I'm, I'm, I'm starting to grow my leadership team. So it definitely wouldn't be a good thing for me to go hourly right now. Um, but I love everything you said. My question is compensation for leadership mm-hmm. and, and how to structure that. And I'm a commission salon as well. And I have all these ideas, of course, and I have all these things drawn up and in the works, but you know, I still question myself. So I would love to hear especially from a commission base, like how do you structure out what they do? And I know it's probably based off of performance of the salon. Um, at least that's where my head goes, but I just want to hear what everybody else says. Um, Nick, one thing that I will say about this, because, you know, I, I went through this when we were a commission salon, we were a commission salon from 2013 to December, uh, no, to April of 2019. So we were a commission for a really long time. Um, one thing that I will say, maybe two things for your leadership team, what is their exact role or what is within their role and what are the objections? Nope, not the objections, the objectives. (laughs) (laughs) What are the objectives? What is the contribution and what is the value that you are looking to get out of them being in a leadership role? Is it like quantitative? Like, is it tangible? Is it a direct, like they're working with the new service providers on their guest experience and we should see a difference in their benchmarks? Will we be able to see it a direct correlation with um, revenue? If it's not that, if it's more just supporting with like small teams, trackers or inventory or stuff like that, there's two different ways you could do it. Some of it could be a commission, um, a commission component. If you know, it's about contribution, it's a tangible value that you can, it directly relates to money, or it could be an hourly or just a flat $200 a month, $300 a month if it's them just keeping up with inventory or stuff like that, something that doesn't have to do directly with money. That's my first thing. Second thing is, and y'all take this to the bank because I have, I messed up on this probably for six years straight before I learned from it. So you don't get yourself in a pickle where you have to have a tough conversation and you have to go back on your word and like, quote unquote, take people's money away. Anytime you implement something, tell whoever you're doing it with, let's do this for three months. At the end of three months or six months, maybe six months, we're going to reevaluate and see if there's a better way to go about doing this. And Nick, I know this is advice specifically just for you and not necessarily anybody else, just because I know how smart you are. And I know how much you love numbers and data and you're really good at that stuff. If you've like really drilled that down and you've got creative with what you think you could do, dude, go for it. Just go for it, but have a conversation with whoever it is. We're going to try this out for three months and we're going to look at what has changed since you've been in this position and since you've been focusing on this. 
and then we'll reevaluate. And if I think it's worth, if we both think ultimately, if I think it's worth, you know, continuing to do this and this is great, then we'll continue it. But there may be some things that, um, that we change around about this compensation structure or even the role within what you're getting compensated for. Does that, is that helpful, Nick, those two different things? Definitely. Definitely. And it's, it's mostly needing to follow my, <laughs> I'm thinking of a core value right now that I just need mm -hmm. to follow and I just need to freaking do it. <laughs> just do it. And then the biggest thing is putting a deadline on it. Any yeah, that, time that I agree, I agree to something with a team member, there is a deadline on it to make sure like even we did a Bible study and they're like, yeah, let's start a Bible study. And I was like, okay, so we can all stay committed to this. And then I'm not going to look like a flake or want to pull out. How, how long are we doing this for? So we decided on seven weeks. It's the same thing with systems in there. That way you get time to reevaluate and see if does something need to be changed. That way you're not paying somebody $500 a month when it's really not working out or you're not giving them commission on something where the company would be doing that revenue if that person was in that role or not. And I've been in that position quite a few times until I learned from it. Thank you. You're welcome. Anyone else or any of the other professors? No, I think we covered a lot of great things today. Awesome. So tonight, in case anybody has, oh wait, Jennifer's coming up. Well, I invite her up too, just so everybody is aware. Tonight is our free, speaking of payroll. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Mm -hmm. um, payroll, um, this evening we are having our Payroll Redefined Mastermind, and it is a free class. So for anybody that's listening that would like to hear a little bit more and have Heather go a little bit more in depth, there's going to be a lot of Q&A at the end of it. So it is tonight at 7 p.m., Eastern Standard Time. And if you are interested in joining with us, just go to our Instagram, DMS Mastermind, and then in less than 60 seconds, we can get you signed up if you have yet to do that. So, okay, Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer. Hello. Thanks so much for having this room. And I am so excited for the class this evening. It's going to be really good. So I imagine you guys are um, just going to bring a ton of value. So I'm very excited about it. Yay. Um, one of my questions, and maybe you're going to cover this this evening, is as far as like changing up the pay structure, you know, what approaches or what could you put on the table so that your team doesn't feel like you're taking away from them? And um, one of the areas that I've been interested in is taking, I don't want to say taking away, but reallocating the profits from retail into a different area um, of compensation in our business. And what does that conversation look like? And, and is there any areas that, um, that we can help offset this possible feeling of the owner taking away from their staff? Great, great question, Jennifer. And I will... I'll just start with this one thing. And then Aaron, if, if you've got some insight on this for Jennifer, that would be great. But anytime that you're looking at changing compensation, I look at compensation and schedules. Like those are two things that 
they're they're really serious. Like it's a it it's a very serious thing to change when you're talking about people's money and their schedules. So with the money aspect for us, and and this is the case for every single professor on here that is hourly. There is not one person on our team when we went from commission to hourly that made less money. All of them got raises. All of them did. And that's just because a, it's the right thing to do. Changing pay is is super scary for you and for them. The last thing that we would want to do is blow up our companies and freak our teams out and start a system with any thought process of they're taking money away from me. Like that's just not going to end well whatsoever, especially if it doesn't start well. So all of us gave at least a minimum of a 4% pay increase. So we just took the last six months of their paychecks, eliminated any wonky ones where like they were out on vacation, any really low paychecks. We eliminated those. We essentially took the highest paychecks of the last six months, brought it down to an average hourly pay. Cause just like Amanda said a few weeks ago, commission is hourly and hourly really is commission. Um, just when you go hourly, there's a cap on it and it's also very consistent at that point. From there, when we figured out what that was, we gave them at least a 4%, even like our, our people that are at our standard or some people that are sometimes even below our standard, they at least got a 4% raise. That helps tremendously when you're rolling something out like that. Aaron, do you have any thoughts well, or yeah, um, suggestions? So you kind of covered it. I would, you know, I was going to talk about that. We have a very detailed spreadsheet that kind of supports um, what it looks like to convert really any kind of compensation, booth rent commission to any other type of compensation. Um, so that's really helpful. But I think that after going through this with my team and making some mistakes along the way, there are two things that I think that are extraordinarily important when you're talking about changing a compensation structure one, and this is probably maybe the most important, but the other one feels real important to you, but that your team is literate on exactly how they're being paid and, and all of that. Because what I found out doing this is that a lot of my team ha did not understand our compensation structure to start with. They, you know, like they just didn't get it. And so it's really hard to explain a new way to somebody when they don't even understand the old way. So just, I would say making sure that your team is extraordinarily literate in, in their compensation in general. And then two, I mean, and this is just with anything you're going to change inside the salon is, I mean, you have to have the trust of your team and yep. you have to be able to look at them and be like, you know, we, we will reevaluate this. And if it is not working out, I promise yep. that I will keep, I will make sure that you are taken care of. Um, and yep. have them believe you, you know, so that just goes back to having integrity and being your word with everything else that you're doing. Yep. Yep. That's such a good point, Aaron. I know that I can go to my team. This is real. This is like real, real. I can go to my team right now and say, this is what we're doing. And it can be the scariest thing in the world. Well, because I've literally implemented every everything that is possibly scary in our industry. I've done it in my salon. There's not one thing <laughs> that I have not tried. And I would love to, for somebody to bring something to the table and for me to be like, I haven't tried that yet. Cause I've literally put everything in front of them. 
because we're we're who teaches it to the rest of the country. Like my salon is the is the the blueprint of how we've built Pip University. So they have to endure, you know, all the shit sandwiches that I create, and then we work the kinks out before we put it in the program. Well, if I come to, the, we have made it through so much muck. I can come to them with anything, and they're like, "We're on board," because ultimately they know. I am for them. Like I am so for them. I want them to make so much freaking money. We also get to be smart about the business. So when, when there isn't a lack of trust, and of course you get to indoctrinate new, new people. Cause of course new people come in and, and they don't trust me yet. They don't trust our leadership yet. Cause they don't, they don't know leadership, but in due time and how they see how other people, their other team members feel about us. They're like, man, this is really good company. These are really, really good people. Like I just ultimately trust. I don't have to fully under, when you've got trust, there is an element where, um, they don't have to fully understand everything right away because the trust trumps it. If you don't have the trust, it's still great if they understand it though. But there's sometimes that you're going to implement stuff and you don't fully understand it. So it's hard. There's several times I tell my team, there's only one thing that I can be really sure of. And I can be very, very clear with you on. And that's, this is going to be really muddy. I am very clear that this is going to be as clear as mud. That's the only thing I'm clear on. I mean, I've said that so many times to my team. And then when you're vulnerable like that, that establishes more trust. But on the other side of that, Aaron, the number one thing that you're saying is just them being literate. And this is where clarity really does come in. Jennifer, examples and data and saying, okay, over the last six months, this is what your paychecks looked like. This is what your service sales were. This is what you got on your paycheck. Remember this day, this day completely fell apart. That affected your pay. If we were to move to hourly or with us moving to hourly, this is exactly how I got your hourly rate. I took your highest checks. They should see every single little thing and all that documentation they should be able to pull up at any time they want because they're going to go home and tell their husbands about it yep. or their parents or their boyfriends. And you want them to be very confident in the trust that they have with you and that you've really thought about this. And they're very clear on how you came up with those numbers. All of that's just a recipe for major success. And the other thing too, that it just popped in my head is that if you may, when you switch things around, because we experience this when we switch to hourly is that we did have one team member that was not on board at all. And it was ugly, like ugly, ugly. Um, the minute we even announced the words hourly that came out of the mouth, shit hit the fan out of her mouth, like instantly. And I was like, oh, this is bad. This is bad. And so for that little bit of time before she ultimately quit, like the next day, she was getting into other people's ears. So, you know, that were on the team. So you have to be able to like, and I, I remember going through this because Heather supported us with this, you know, that we just needed to sit there and be there for our team. And even though she was talking, like, had awful like mind trash and was getting into some of the other girls on my team that didn't really completely understand it yet because we really didn't have that opportunity to even explain anything. Um, we had to sit with them and really 
like just meet them where they were at and try to educate them the best that we could till they understood. And we regained that trust with them. You know, I mean, I think that night that we went on, we went hourly, I was on the phone with one of my girls till like 1030 at night, just trying to like do damage control. Of oh, like- you know, Jess, I'm really glad you said that because for anyone on here that's thinking about changing in the new year or ever a, a system like this, any time that it could create scarcity in the minds of your team, I do it one-on-one. All and, that's done yes, on one-on-one because we don't want yep. people to and be we loud. Did. We did. Where we made a mistake was not making it very clear, very, we, very, very clear. This is yeah. to not be discussed with anyone else. Well, now, and what we did, what we made a mistake with was that we did do individual that day, but what we first did was brought everybody together as a team and went over everything like briefly. And then we were breaking oh. apart and going into it one-on-one oh. and that's where oh, yeah. it hit the fan. So, and gosh, it's so good. I'm so glad you brought that up, Jess. I mean, cause this stuff gets strategic and, it, and it's all about psychology and Aaron, you and I talked about this last week. I'm like super I'm very opinionated and polarizing about this. It'd be hard to talk me uh, into a different direction. But anytime you're going over something that's really, really scary, one-on-one is the best way. We did one-on-ones with each person. And at the end of the meeting, because we could tell they were nervous. Of course they're nervous. This is their livelihood. At the end of it, I was so specific with my wording. And I said, this is the most important part of this conversation are you listening? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, what we just went over is only to be discussed with the people that are sitting here right now and your husband. We do not want you to discuss this with anyone else on the team. Now, let me explain the intention behind that thinking. It is not because we want you to lie to anybody. It is not because we want you to keep secrets. But right now, you just got introduced to this information in a very fair and responsible way. You are clear on everything. We have explained every nook and cranny and why of the reason that we're moving forward with this. It would not be fair to a teammate if they did not get the same, this same information introduced to them in the same way that you got it. This is very, very serious because it could be scary. This is your all's money and we want to take it seriously. So until you hear from us that everyone on the team knows, we ask that you keep this to yourself so we can respect your team members and that they hear about it in the right way. In the event that you're unable to do that, there will be consequences. And we, we didn't have anyone. No, everyone took it extremely seriously because they could understand, man, she's right. That would really suck to get half of half of the information in the way that they're sharing it and not fully understand and then start telling yourself stories. I mean, that is such a big component of any time and not really just with pay, but any decision that could be really scary in the salon. I could not stress that enough. I would like to kind of piggyback on all of that too and say that um, it is extraordinarily important whenever you're, you're transitioning your salon. And it's so funny because I listen to all of us and we just have a lot of experience with um, transitions inside the salon, but the leadership sets the tone. And what I mean by that is when you're making a decision to make a change inside of the salon, you have to know why you're doing it and where your feet are because your team is going to freak out yep. sometimes yep. and you yep. have to be the one that's standing for them yep. and not let their resistance 
or their fear that, yeah. Or their fear, make it mean that you're, what you're doing is not the right thing for the business. And yep. the way that I have gotten to do that is understanding the data, running it by other salon owners, you know, like letting other people look at what I'm thinking about and, and getting their input or if somebody else has experience, because there have been times where I've tried to roll things out where either I was a I was unsure, my leadership was unsure, and it did not go well because we were unsure and our teams, they know that, you know, yep. and it's not that you have to be 100% positive that something's going to work, but you have to have enough conviction. I mean, and hopefully you do if you're trying to change something to be able to support their resistance and their fear. Yep. Yeah. You, yeah, you don't have to be super clear on how it's going to all unfold, but you have to be clear on the why. Why yeah. are we doing this? How is this going to help us? Why, why was it important enough for us to change from this to that? Why, why, why? If you're very clear on that, even if you're not clear on anything else, that will be enough. And be very, very prepared to meet people where they're at. And oftentimes, like Aaron said, that may mean they, um, they're going to freak out. Be just because they're so scared. They just, it's unfamiliar territory and it's change. And when we're prepared to meet them where they're at, it just, it's, it's a lot easier than being freaked out because you weren't expecting them to freak out. Absolutely. Oh, and I yeah, always... That's exactly, yeah, that's exactly where I was at. I was so, I feel so, it's so funny when I look back because I was so excited for this change <laughs> and I was oh, laughing in the face with reality. And I think by the end of the night, I was like, I had like one black eye and like half my teeth yeah. were missing. And I was just like, I don't know what just happened, but it was a lot of fuckery. <laughs> and I just, I laughed because I just can't even believe that I was so pumped about it. And yeah. I just thought everybody was going to have this beautiful reaction and just what a slap in the face that was. So it was a huge learning lesson. <laughs> I think too that like, I, I like to remember that by the time I've gotten in front of my team, I've had weeks or hours or however long it's been that I've been processing the information and they deserve just as much time to kind of assimilate and process what mm -hmm. you're saying to them because I freak out while we're figuring this stuff out too. Yeah. But yeah. by the time good I get point. in front of them, I'm good. And then, you know, I got to remember that they get to have their process too. <clears throat> yeah. That's a really, really solid point. Really solid. So awesome. I love this conversation. Yeah. Me too. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Everybody have a good Monday. We'll be back on next Monday. And for those of you that will be in our class tonight, we will see you this evening again at 7 p.m. Central Time. So have good a good night. day, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.